God gathers many different people to be the church. We're not all the same. That might be rather boring. Can't imagine what it must be like to be married to me. You know, if I was married to me, that would not be helpful, you know. But fortunately, I've got Emily. We're different. And we bring different gifts and talents. You certainly don't want me to try and play the guitar. That would be beyond it. And in the same way, the, the Spirit touches each one of us different. The Spirit brings different gifts, different abilities. And so we sometimes struggle when people say about what the Spirit does in their life to actually see it and say, well, that's, that's not what the Spirit does to me. That's not my experience. The Spirit uses each one of us differently and gives us what we need to be who we are. But I think one of the other difficulties about the Spirit is that it sometimes gets described differently in different parts of the Bible. And it's, it's get difficult to get a handle on what is being said. It comes gentle like a dove at Jesus' baptism, doesn't it? It comes like a small bird and, and rests upon him. And then we hear in Pentecost that it's a roaring wind and fire. A completely different picture. Because it's different people and different circumstances. At Pentecost, we remember, it comes to the believers and it unites them as one, as one church. But we also remember that the Spirit was already in the world. The Spirit was there at creation, moving over the surface of the deep. The Spirit came and anointed different individuals throughout the time of the Old Testament, giving the prophets their word, the word of God to share. The Spirit was even among the disciples, but yet not fully there until this day of Pentecost, when it comes in power and makes a big change for the church. The Spirit sometimes gives gifts, special abilities like speaking in strange tongues and prophecy and visions as Joel had promised. But yet there's also that nature of the Spirit that within us allows us to grow in fruit, gentleness and patience and love and joy and peace, self-control and faithfulness, kindness and goodness. The Galatians 5 verse by Paul. And if we follow the way of Jesus, all of those 
are there. And I think even Luke, as he wrote the book of Acts, struggled to describe the Holy Spirit. Throughout the book, the apostles are seen to be conducting their mission by the power of the Holy Spirit within them and touching those that they encounter. It gives them visions and words. They experience people, Jew and Gentile, speaking in tongues. And so, the kingdom grows. But Luke uses words that we translate as like and seemed to be. Because the Spirit's presence and power isn't something that can be neatly labelled with an earthly description that we are familiar with. The tongues of fire reach out and rest upon the believers that are gathered. Flames don't usually rest, do they? If you watch a fire, the flames move. But yet they come and rest. There's a stillness in that word. And in that moment, a change occurs to the lives of the people. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes within them and somehow fills their life. But I would guess for most of us, when we became a believer and the Holy Spirit came and dwelt among us, within us, filling our hearts, we maybe didn't get that vision of a flame or heard a rushing wind. But then again, for some of us, we might have had an encounter with the Spirit like that. And so it's difficult to describe How many were there in that room when this happened? It's more than just the twelve. Luke says they were all gathered there. And if you were to read the previous chapter, all would seem to be about 120. And even Luke's not quite sure how many believers there are at this stage. So perhaps the number of believers gathered are similar to the number of members here at Linfield URC. And in the same way as when we sing, it can be heard outside the door. As they started to speak, it would create a noise, a babbling hubbub that could be heard outside the door, that could be heard in the streets around that would cause a disturbance in Jerusalem and clearly draw attention to them, however well hidden they thought they might have been in that room of prayer. And as a crowd starts to form, they hear God's people speaking words that they know. 
Wherever they came from, they heard the word of God. A traditional understanding is that the believers suddenly were speaking lots of different languages from all around the Mediterranean. And that's how the people heard them. They're speaking a tongue from Athens or Spain or North Africa or around the Holy Land. Many different voices there to be recognized. Though there is an alternative interpretation of this. It's what Paul might call the language of angels. Now as the crowd listens to the sound that's going on, the Holy Spirit is acting upon them so that they hear the message that God has in mind for them. God's Spirit not only opening the mouths to speak in tongues that have not been learned, but providing interpretation for the listener. And still today, if we hear someone praising or praying in tongues, we should await interpretation. We should await to find out what that message is. And normally, if it's from God, we would expect to hear what God is saying through that person. Whether an earthly language was spoken or a heavenly language, something is clear. Not only must the message be culturally understood by the listener, but the listener must be ready to hear it. They have to have ears that are open. For there are those around this crowd that hear the sound and don't hear the message it has for them. There are those that, like the post right side says, thought the believers were drunk. What's all this commotion? But they're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. But with a convincing speaker like Peter and the movement of the spirit, some still have their ears shut. And it may be that as we try to grow, as we try to share the story, as we try to tell the story of Pentecost and of Christ's resurrection and of his death on the cross for the forgiveness of sins, People will have ears that are closed. But we have to pray that the Spirit might come upon them and they might hear what we are saying. That it might not just be a babbling sound to them, but actually a word that will go into their hearts. And we can pray that 
Because the Spirit at Pentecost equips people to go out and share the good news. How through Jesus we may be saved. Pentecost is the start of the church engaging in mission. They'd waited, they'd been touched, and now they must go and do what they are called to do. Now, as we think of mission, we must remember the words of Jesus immediately before his ascension. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Mission is a global call upon us. To the ends of the earth. And I wonder if Jesus was thinking of the fact that the earth is round. And there is no end in that call. But it's not just that to the ends of the earth. There's the local bit too. The bit in Jerusalem. The bit in Judea. The bit in Samaria. The bit that they were familiar with and had walked the streets of. When we think of mission, we also have to engage in the local outreach and proclaim God's word for across the world and for this nation and for the people round about us. And it's about going out there and doing it. The Lord challenges us to be active in the work of the kingdom. Moses foresaw something of this in Numbers 11. It says, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord will put his spirit on them. The Lord does give his spirit to each one of us. Though doesn't call us all to be prophets. He equips some in different ways. Evangelists, some to preach, some to bring music. What does the Spirit call on you? What is his message for you? What is he challenging you to do this day as a member of his church? For we are equipped to together engage in his ministry. And not to withhold the gifts that we have. The things that we have been blessed with. And not to be afraid of allowing them to be part of the building up of the church. For this church to grow we must be open to the spirit and willing to share that word with others. We mustn't shut our ears. We must have ears open. Mustn't shut our mouths, but be ready to speak. We mustn't restrict our hands, but be willing to serve. 
to serve in the community and beyond the horizon and expect something of the unexpected because with God anything is possible. <laughs>